0: download the free angie mobile app today or visit angie.com that's a-n-g-i your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like thai ginger l-theanine and caffeine brainy chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus stay chill or get energized be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at That's olly.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
1: G'day, mates. It's Beebuster Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening guys, and without further ado, let's begin. In 2014, I moved to England from Canada to gain work or travel experience, and also to find myself. I ended up living in Essex with three other roommates. They were all women, all a bit older than I was. I was 24 at the time. Megan was 31, Cherry was 34, and Cassie was 38. Megan was from New York, and Cherry was from New Jersey, and Cassie was from Poland. All four of us shared this three-story flat. The back of our home was the living room and kitchen. The back wall was complete glass that looked out into the garden, the garden was completely fenced in, and the house had uh, an interesting dynamic to say the least. Tons of stories from that time in my life, but I'll stick to this one. So, I adore all of my roommates, except for Cherry. After living with Cherry for seven months, I was over her antics. One day, I came home from work, I locked the door, make myself something to eat, and go up to bed... I brought some work home with me so I'm in my ninety with all these papers around me and my headphones on jamming out. I had headphones on because Cherry was out to dinner with work friends. That meant booze and then soon after that a tantrum was surely to come. I just didn't want to have to listen to her crazy scream crying that night. I'm working away completely focused until I feel something. I look up to see a, a man standing over me. I don't register it right away and passively say Cherry's room is on the second floor and continue to work. Cherry regularly brought strange men home, but he doesn't leave. Again, I say Cherry's room is downstairs, you... He then interrupts. I'm not here for Cherry, he says. A cold chill iced my veins. My fight or flight kicked in just then and I started surveying the situation. I look him up and down. He has a bottle of Prosecco in one hand and a knife in the other. He's about 5'10", wild muddy brown hair, and really black eyes. He has a light polo shirt on, and a side of his collar has popped up, a distinct Manchester accent. Once I focused in, I realized that his eyes were black because his pupils were completely dilated. I was in trouble, I needed an escape plan, but unfortunately, this man was standing in between me and my bedroom door. Obviously, I needed to get downstairs, but I needed for him to think that it was his idea. So, I decided to play along. Just then, he uses his knife to pop the cork. Presco is starting to flow out onto my carpet. I said, oh no, let's clean that up. I prefer to drink out of proper flute anyways. He nodded, replying, ''Yeah, you're a proper classy bird. Let's go.'' I try to act as natural as possible. I try not to show that I'm shaking all over and try to gain control over my breathing. We take the long journey down to the main floor of my flat, all three floors. He has the back of my nightie bunched up in one hand and I could feel the point of the knife graze my back with his other. I was trying to playfully speak with him as he walked down the stairs... I couldn't tell you what I was saying, I was most likely just rambling I think. I couldn't really hear anything too, over my heart beating in my ears. But we get to the bottom of the stairs and there's a hallway to my left that leads to the front door. On my right, which is much closer to us, is the kitchen in the living room. We make our way into the kitchen, I point to the cabinets that we had the wine glasses in. He said that he knew where they were and started heading towards them. I now had the kitchen table in between us and it was time to run. I burst into a sprint down the hallway towards the door. My hands fumbled over the locks, shaking and sweating. I swing open the door and see two men walking across the street. They must have been walking home from the train or something. There was a big train station in front of our home. I call out to them for help and suddenly I'm flung onto the ground. Little pebbles pierce my skin, sending sharp pains where they jabbed. The intruder pushed me out of the way to run an escape. One of the men chased after the intruder, while the other said for me to go inside while he surveyed my home and called the police. I locked the doors and I called the cops. While I'm on the phone with dispatch, I manically run around the house to double-check all the windows and the doors are shut. Suddenly, I hear a loud bang on my door. I inform the dispatch of the banging, and she informs me that police weren't there yet. I thought it might be one of the gentlemen who helped me, so I go to look out the eyehole, and it's him, the intruder. He came back. He's banging on the door, screaming that I had his glasses and that he was not done with me. I absolutely freaked out, obviously. The dispatcher attempts to calm me down, but I'm losing my ever-loving mind over this. She then said, they're pulling onto your street now. You should hear their sirens, and I did, thank God. The intruder then blasts off. One officer jumps out of the passenger side while the car is still moving and chases after him. The second officer comes into my home and he interviews me over the course of some time and the two gentlemen. Collects evidence, takes photos, all that stuff. After some time of him being there, Cherry comes home and freaks out. Once the situation was explained to her, she said, ''Oh, that could have been me.'' Yeah, thanks Cherry. It's all about you, right? The next morning, I'm called in to identify a man that they had in custody. I pointed him out. I go into a little room and the officer pulls out an evidence bag. He asked if the items were mine, and they were. They were my underwear and photos taken from my home. The officer then informed me that the intruder had apparently been stalking me for some time now. He estimates at least three months and he had made a nest outside of our home on top of a hill that looked over into our living room and kitchen even. He's apparently a known offender and drug dealer. He then told me how lucky I was to get out practically unharmed because apparently others weren't so lucky.
0: To your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
1: So I've been searching for some semblance of similarity in somebody else's encounter for three years now, hoping that another's experience might align even a bit with my own to validate it. Until last night, I'd found details aligning with my own encounter but nothing I felt concrete enough to make my story not sound absolutely insane. It still does sound a bit insane I know and I have no way to further explain any of it so all I have is what I witnessed. I did find a story on here from like 18 days ago that sounds eerily similar to my own though. The key difference being the familiarity of the voices mimicked leading me to wonder if this thing had been watching us for a while anyway so i was living in west texas in this national park where the restaurant i was working at at the time rested at the top of a 15 minute hike of a mountain trail from the housing that they had us in i closed up the restaurant after everyone left each night so i was always an hour or two later coming down the hill than everybody else Usually it was pretty empty, really quiet, pretty uncommon to encounter anyone else as the only thing at the top of the mountain is the closed restaurant, a gift shop, a a store and some of the trailheads. There isn't much reason for anyone else to be on the trail at that hour and this one night I'm coming down, no moon so it was completely pitch black, empty trail, characteristically quiet. Around this last bend to get to my house and Right before I get off the trail to take a shortcut through the thicket of the cactus and brush. There were maybe 15 to 20 trees. Even though it's a desert, the top of the mountain has a high Sierra microclimate. When I hear my best friend or roommate call out my name, clear as day, in the other direction. He said my name and when I turned, said it again. In retrospect though, it sounded, I don't know, funny. It was close, 15 yards maybe, but it sounded sort of far off at the same time. Like if somebody recorded his voice from far away but played it very nearby. It just sounded off, but not enough to flip a switch immediately, and maybe I'm painting the memory of it differently than what it actually sounded like. So I'm facing my house maybe 50 yards away, and the voice comes from directly to my left, on this foothill of the mountain that we'd hike around on sometimes. It has so much more tree coverage than the trail that I was on and considerably more than the thicket separating me from the clearing surrounding my house. If you walked five feet in the direction the voice came from you'd completely disappear from the view of anyone on the trail or on the back porch of the house like immediately. So hearing my friend's voice calling me over I was like oh cool we're night hiking and I turned to follow it Right before I take my first step into the tree line, I hear his actual voice down on our porch saying, Hey, who are you talking to? Which obviously stops me. I turn back to my house, confused, just in time to see this, and it's really hard to explain, but thing burst out of the thicket that I was just about to shortcut through to begin with before hearing this first voice and turning away. And from the exact spot I had walked down every single night, this thing just bolts. It was humanoid technically, but it was tall and way too skinny to be a human. Like at least 8 feet tall, but super slim. It looked inhumanely slender in fact. It was hunched over and running like it burst off of a track mark, that sort of thing. But kept that same form the whole time, never got all the way upright. As for the color, that's always really messed with me because for one, I'm really colorblind and for some reason it was like greenish, sort of yellow and I get greens and yellows mixed up a lot. It had a hue of green and yellow though at least and it looked like it was giving off its own sort of... I don't know like glow or something which has always sounded so absolutely ludicrous I never tell anyone that I do not absolutely trust to give me the benefit of the doubt before thinking that I'm just making the whole thing up because if I heard this story I would honestly think that somebody at the very least might be confused or something anyway. Our back porch light was on though and the thing lined up with where it would have been shining so if this thing was translucent it definitely could have taken on that like sheen by reflecting the porch light. The colors did kind of line up I guess. If you'd reflected the light it may have looked like this thing's colors I suppose but it certainly wasn't identical. Honestly though I could have sworn that it had its own shine to it like looking at a glow stick that's sort of dying off. More than enough to see, but still kind of faint. Regardless, it was a light that definitely wasn't there a second before when I'd gotten to the shortcut. It would have stuck out for at least 50 yards of the walk. It should be noted too, had I followed that thing's voice, two things probably would have happened. One, I would have completely disappeared from the view of anyone. And two... I would have turned my back on whatever that thing was and entered into a thicket of trees, weeds, and cactus far too dense for me to turn around, run, or fight back, or pretty much anything. Also, that trail that I would have been gone towards leads directly to the edge of a cliff that drops down into a massive break in the mountain. It cleanly drops all of like 6,000 feet to the wide open desert below. That could be the purpose of that direction maybe, who knows. To be honest though... If I was going to try and do some nefarious stuff, it would be the perfect place to both find someone and lead them quickly to a spot where no one else would come up on you. Legit, in the middle of the day you could probably make someone disappear over there if you wanted. It really wouldn't be that hard. Anyway, how this thing was running, it immediately felt like I'd spooked it. Like how a deer runs off at a noise, but this was different in that it seemed a lot more, I don't know determined it seemed intelligent aware of its own movement not just acting out of instinct kind of like spooking a person if they'd seen you watching them from the bushes or something like spooked but sentient and definitely acting like I just foiled some nefarious plan so naturally I also bolted exposing my back to this thing but taking the opposite slightly longer way to my back porch my buddy and bless his soul is still there when I make it and he asks again who are you with his face is just as confused and he keeps looking past me and I'm like you heard it too right and he says yeah where are they and I was like what there were multiple apparently from his perspective he had heard multiple voices alongside of my own all carrying on and joking around talking back and forth pretty loudly He said that there were at least three other voices talking to mine, but that it sounded like a a whole crowd coming down the trail. He said that he could clearly hear us getting closer, and for the past few minutes, just assumed that I'd run into a hiking group and were talking with them as we headed down. Which is not the most uncommon thing in the daytime, but pretty uncommon for that hour of night. It took me a minute to show him that I wasn't messing with him and that I had not just split off from a group of hikers... I was completely alone and had not vocalized a word until he called up to ask, who are you with? It took a second to even express my sight of what was going on. I was so out of whack, I couldn't find the words to actually explain, so I just kept shouting, I swear I just heard your voice and then this thing dude, this thing, or something like that. Eventually it registers that there were no lights on the trail. I wasn't using a flashlight that night, so maybe there was actually some moon out and i just heard his voice calling me off trail and into the dark and we both began trying to figure out what the heck we'd just witnessed. Now, this part might be a little crazy but I'm not implying anything, I'm just saying. This is what I'd been doing on the walk down before this happened so obviously walking home solo I hadn't actually said a word. Whoever he heard was certainly not me and I certainly didn't come with a crowd. I had been praying like crazy on the hike down there had just been this super dark sort of negative energy in the house lately and i was trying to kind of i don't know surround myself with light and positivity i guess asking god to give me strength before i walked back in and out of nowhere midway through the trail i got this like absolutely overwhelming joy almost like ecstasy i was like screaming inside happy and just felt like i could take on the whole world basically like no matter what came i could take it maybe i'm implying something because call me crazy but i've always felt like that had something to do with how the night turned out as opposed to how it maybe would have i don't know i know that part really does make me sound insane but so does the rest of it to be honest so whatever I certainly don't think that it was a coincidence though I'm just not sure what to make of well any of it really and that's pretty much it the only other thing is our memories of it really out of nowhere I just sort of stopped thinking of it not like forgot it but like it was hidden behind some sort of a thick fog in my head. The next morning I told my friend the story and she uncharacteristically shut me down and just said something like, you're all just crazy and getting scared of these mountains and just walked away. It really wasn't like her though to just dismiss somebody like that, especially a friend, without even hearing them out too. She was a really empathetic lady. And again call me crazy but it seemed like something that triggered a memory in her that she refused to touch and shut it down before it got too close. I could be reading into it I admit but that's happened a couple of times with this story and we'd been living on that mountain off and on for a few years at that point and had never once heard or seen anything remotely similar to that thing. Until that night we'd never even heard a story even vaguely resembling that. I mean it just wasn't like we got spooked of our own house or the trail that we took twice a day every day and it wasn't like we were seeing and hearing things based on stories that we projected into the darkness you know. But the weirdest, the absolute weirdest thing happened the moment that she walked away. It was legit like, like a fog just slowly poured over the memory and the last time I remember thinking of it was that moment and then it just disappeared for months. How in the world does something that massive, that frightening, happen in your life and you just stop thinking about it? And then one day, it just popped back up. I was honestly so surprised and unsure of how I hadn't thought of it in so long. It was almost more baffling than anything we actually witnessed. I asked my friend just before I sent this and if he'd felt the same fog thing and he said absolutely. He doesn't really like talking about that night, honestly, and... He's told me that I cannot help but bring it up as often as possible, hoping by talking it through that we'd find some sort of explanation for, well, any of what happened. Even as I share this though, I felt like I'd asked him a million times already and just forgotten his answer. Maybe I have and I've just forgotten or had that fog thing happen again. I don't know, I'm getting all confused and this whole thing is just crazy I know but that's pretty much everything I'm sorry if this was really confusing and all over the place but I really felt like I needed to convey as absolutely many details as I could possibly remember just in case somebody listening to this had any sort of experience with any part of it a mimic a humanoid or the memory loss or anything I really don't know what to make of all of this. All I have are the details of that night and my foggy memory doing something bizarre afterward. I've never known what to make of it, but I just figured maybe somebody else might be in the same boat as me and maybe need to see some sort of validation. Just validation, I guess. Anyway, thanks for listening and it's good to finally speak about this, even if it's... Just over the internet. When I was around 7 years old. My mum and I lived in these apartments in a border town. My mum's a single mother. And in our apartment complex. Like most. It had a playground in it. Luckily our apartment was on the bottom floor. And right next to the playground. And like most kids. I loved playing there. Every day I would play there and I honestly can't remember but my mum either went inside the apartment to grab something or let me play alone but while she was gone a random lady approached me. I'd never seen this lady before but she told me that she had a huge barbie doll house and a lot of toy barbies. She told me that she lived not too far and asked if I wanted to go and play. I remember saying I have to ask my mum first. And that's when she said that she knew my mum and that it's okay. I didn't know any better and I agreed to go. She grabbed my hand and led me to her house. She did have a lot of Barbie toys too and I was playing but she didn't have other children around so I'm not sure why she had all those dolls. Apparently I was gone for some time because it started to get dark and that's when there were loud bangs on the front door. The lady opened the door and... It was my mum. She looked so frightened. She grabbed me and moved me out of the apartment complex soon after that happened. And honestly, I don't really remember what happened after that. This memory came back to me not long that... This memory came back to me not that long ago and my mum told me that that was the worst thing that has ever happened. But I don't remember feeling afraid. Honestly... Who knows what that lady had planned for me. Since we live like five minutes from the Mexican border, it is known for trafficking children and I could have easily been taken to Mexico and never seen again. My mum did tell me that the only reason that she found me was because a bystander saw me walk off with that lady and then saw my mum frantically looking for me. And who knows what would have happened if that person hadn't have seen me that day. So it was about 2000 or 2001, my best friend and I were 12 to 13 years old, we lived in a small town in rural Minnesota, about 2000 people, out of our friend group, her and I were the only two that lived out in the country, so we understood the boredom that could ensue but the fun things that would come out of it, exploring the woods, running around in the cornfields, creating forts, exploring the abandoned house on their property, etc, it was a really fun time for us. But one day, we decided to take our bikes and ride down some gravel roads. Her little brother tagged along. He was maybe, I don't know, nine or ten at the time. But we were riding along, laughing, probably picking on her brother, when we see an old shack in one of the cornfields. The corn wasn't fully grown yet, so we were able to see most of it. But we decided to explore it because, I mean, why not, right? I'm now 33, so bear with my memory. I don't remember much about the outside but I do remember what I saw inside and it still gives me the creeps to this day. We peered inside and the first thing that I noticed were posters on the wall of the room. They were on every wall as well. There was a different person on every poster and they looked angry. Some held guns pointed right at you, some were pointing their finger and it felt like they were pointing right at us with their eyes trained on us in the center of the floor was a perfectly painted red circle as well my friend and I we remember a star in the middle of it but her little brother just remembers the circle and as we were staring at this creepy scene I feel like we're all of a sudden being watched and not by the posters I looked to my right across the gravel road and into the cornfield across from us and standing in the middle of the field All of a sudden, is a man. He's just watching us. He's not waving his arms, not yelling at us, just watching. I quickly alert my friends and we look at him together. I awkwardly sort of wave and he continues to just stand there, no wave back. We are sufficiently creeped out, so we jump on our bikes to get away. We're on gravel, which isn't easy to bike on, so it's taking us a while to get going. We bike away, and I repeatedly turn around to see if he's still there, and he is still watching us. In fact, he barely moved, and only turned his body slightly to angle in our direction to keep watching. I still can't get over how he just appeared in the middle of a field like that, too. I have no idea how we didn't see him in the first place. But recently, I've been thinking about this. So my friend, her brother and I started a group chat. We all shared what we remembered and they basically said everything that I did above. What I didn't know though was that they went back the next day. And apparently when they did, everything was gone. Even the red paint on the floor. A week later, whoever owned it donated it to the fire department to be burned. I don't know what was going on in that shack, some thoughts have been like weird rituals, target practice for some militia dude, or just some weird creepy guy who had terrible taste. Whatever it was, it still weirds me out to this day and the fact that everything disappeared only makes it that much more creepy I guess. So three of my friends and I drove to Breezewood as a staging ground for a nice nighttime tour of the abandoned PA Turnpike. It's a long underground tunnel that cuts through the mountains. In the spirit of October we decided to check it out late at night so we set off from our hotel in Breezewood around maybe 10.30. To get ourselves even more psyched up I played some creepy music along the way as we entered the dark forest. We arrived at the entrance of a trail that leads to a section of the Sidling Hill Tunnel about maybe 15 minutes later. For the next hour and a half, it was mostly chill. We walked to the tunnel entrance, explored a little side room and overall messed around in the tunnel by laughing at all the funny graffiti and taking cursed videos. When we reached the end of the tunnel though, we spent maybe 10 minutes looking around for a way up to the ventilation room we couldn't find a path outside and the staircase leading up was destroyed we turned around to being our long walk back but within five minutes of backtracking we noticed something when we all turned off our lights in the tunnel there was a faint light shining behind us out of what seemed to be sheer instinct i guess two of my friends began running more of a jog than a sprint but me and the other friend kept up and eventually we slowed down and made our lights as dim as possible. At first I was unsure of why we were being so paranoid, but one of my friends later pointed out how it's better to not take any chances of encountering someone past midnight in such a secluded area, so it made sense. What added to our suspicion though was how the people, we assumed that it was at least two, behind us were not only pursuing us, but we could tell that they were running by how their lights were bouncing, but how they occasionally called out into the darkness of the tunnel, and how they occasionally blacked out like we did. Our fast walk turned into a full-blown sprint after we eventually hear a very loud resonant metallic sound, like a huge gong being struck, which of course was amplified and reverberated by the tunnel's acoustics. Even while sprinting, I saw that light behind us bouncing up and down as if they too were running, and getting closer now. We got out of the tunnel, shaken by what had just happened, and reflected on how suspicious it was that not only they pursued us, but also turned off their lights from time to time. We were also confused about the source of what could only be described as a loud gong. A friend jokingly brought up cultists, but I assumed that they were just messing with some loose metal pipes. We all made it home with no sign of them pursuing us outside of the tunnel, but I'm glad that we didn't take the chance of trying to encounter them face to face. I've given it some thought over the years, and whatever those people were up to, it definitely didn't seem good. G'day mates, it's Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too.
0: Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active
1: than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived.